Welcome to Family Owned, a legacy leadership podcast exploring generational leadership success for family businesses. Brought to you by the Ole Miss Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. If you're ready to take your family owned business to new and perpetual heights, stay tuned to hear compelling insight from experienced business leaders who will help you set your business up for generational advancement. Whether you want to go public, stay private, or make international inroads. Now, keep listening for how to leave an enduring legacy through exceptional leadership. Hello, my name is Dr. Clay Dibrell. I'm a professor of management and entrepreneurship at the University of Mississippi and also the co-director for the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. And we're very fortunate today to have Dr. Walter Davis, who is a professor of management management and the William W. Gresham Jr. Entrepreneurial Professor, join us today to talk about changes and changes in relationship to succession planning here. So, uh, Walter, welcome. Thank you, Clay. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Walter, kind of starting us out here, uh, what is a, as we know, family businesses often uh, struggle a little bit with succession and dealing with change and employees and communication. So, can you give us some ideas about what's a good general framework for succession of top leaders? Yeah, so one of the first things I would think about is that you're really, in most cases, not just talking about succession of the top leader. You're really thinking in terms of a much broader organizational change effort. And you can think in terms of uh, broadening your, your time perspective and thinking further back into the past and also further into the future. But also, and perhaps even, even more importantly, thinking broader in terms of scope and thinking not just in terms of the top leader, but in terms of all of the critical employees in the organization. If you keep that in mind from the start, there are a lot of other things which will flow naturally from that, which might make the succession process a lot easier and more effective. So I could be wrong here, but I'm guessing sooner that the management or the family business figures out who the successor is and the ability to start communicating that, is that good or is that not as, or should they be more timely in that? Well, I, I would think in terms, again, in terms of processes, uh, rather than necessarily doing it as quickly as possible, although I do think a lot of firms do need to think about doing uh, doing their succession planning and communicating their succession planning sooner, I would think uh, first in terms of the scope of the effort, identifying all of the individuals in the organizations who are critical to organizational functioning and how their succession might be uh, handled and managed in the future. So what I'm, I'm kind of getting from you then is, so from, if I'm a family business, I need to not only think about succession of my own family members per se, but also think about succession of a cross of critical roles and key positions, key people, and how that would look. So it needs to be, when we say scope, it needs to be not only the top management or the CEO, but it needs to be throughout the organization. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of firms find that if they lose um, a key member of their IT team or a key member of their sales team, even if they're not necessarily a high-ranking member of the organization, uh, the loss of that individual uh, can be really critical to the organization because, especially in today's tight labor market, it may be pretty difficult to find a, a quick replacement for that person. So if firms think of not only individuals, but also in terms of the competencies, the knowledge, the skills that they have, and what roles they play in the organization, uh, they can put together a more comprehensive plan for 
succession of people throughout the organization. This, by the way, I think all of this supports the succession plan for the top leader. So also, I'm assuming it's also a level of comfortable comfort, comfort and uh, certainty in terms of the processes. So everybody in the organization knows how things are changing and going forward in terms of succession for everybody. So, yes, yes, I think the I think when when to whatever extent possible, the more you involve uh, more people in the process, um, it it actually in some ways kind of helps to solve the question of when do you communicate a change. Uh, in top leadership to people in the organization. Uh, you know, I understand that, you know, you, you've got a couple of common fears related to communicating a, a, le- a, top, a change in top leadership. One is that if you communicate it too early, that top leader might feel that uh, she or he is a lame duck, uh, that uh, they lose some of their power once that uh, once that change is communicated. But on the other hand, if you communicate it too late, uh, people are gonna people are gonna speculate. Uh, rumors may spread, and and of course, typically that speculation and rumor rumor spreading is not as accurate as we might think it is. Uh, but the more you involved on a broad based basis, uh, as many people as possible in the in the planning process, the more effective that communication is going to be as well. So I, I like how you brought up that one point too, because I know. For instance, like let's say once again back from a family business, we could say maybe a son or a daughter or someone is a, in a level of management, and then they decide to leave the company for whatever reason it may be. And when that were to happen, then maybe the, the miscommunication would be or, or the perceived, right? Perceived problem could be yes. the fact that they did something wrong, that they had a falling out with their family, or when it could be much more uh, simplistic in terms of they wanted to go back to school or go get a master's or whatever it may be for that. Absolutely. Um, the, the speculation, the idle speculation, which we may, we hope it doesn't take place, but it's the truth is it is going to take place. Uh, and uh, the, the leaders of the succession efforts have opportunities to, to some extent, control that communication or at least influence it in a more positive way. Uh, just as the example you gave demonstrated, if you can communicate that early and involve people uh, in the planning process, uh, then you're probably going to get more accurate communication of those issues over time. And then going off on a, a, a slight different direction, and uh, in terms of, would this also be, is succession also a good time to create other change strategies or to engage in other change approaches since you're already, quote, changing, or should you really just focus on succession only? No, I, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. You should think in term much more broadly in terms of scope, in terms of the strategy of the organization, and I think especially for for family businesses, think about the purpose of the organization, which is going to be pretty intimately tied to strategy. Um, many family firms are better at articulating their purpose. Um, and along with that, they can become better at articulating their strategy as well. And if you can frame any succession event within the scope of the strategy and the purpose of the organization, it's probably going to give it a lot more meaning and people are going to understand it much better if they do so. So this, as you mentioned, as you're thinking about succession, as you're thinking about people who might leave the organization in the coming months or years, it's probably a great time to revisit purpose and strategy 
and whether or not uh, with strategy in particular, whether or not changes in strategy might be appropriate as well. That's excellent. Excellent. Family-owned businesses account for 64% of the U.S. gross domestic product, generate 62% of the country's employment, and account for 78% of all new job creation. For more information on becoming a part of the Legacy Leadership Program, visit our website at olemiss.edu slash CIE. The Legacy Leadership Podcast is sponsored by the Ergon Foundation, Do Good Work, and the CELO Agency, Creative Vision, the ability to see what is and what can be. Walter, kind of building on what we've been talking about in terms of succession, scope, and change, what are some uh, good strategies? And you kind of alluded to some of these earlier, but if you could just kind of go a little deeper into it, what are some good strategies to retain employees during these periods of changing leadership at, at multiple levels, obviously, like you alluded to? Well, of course, I think most of us are aware of the fact that we're in a very tight labor market. Uh, we're in a very tight talent market. So a lot of people are concerned that if someone leaves the organization, it may be difficult to actually replace that person. So if you or I are in an organization and we know that some of our colleagues may be about to leave, uh, we've probably got a couple of really big concerns. And, and those concerns are probably going to fall under the categories of what does this mean for the success of the firm, the organization? And what does this mean for me personally in terms of my ability to get my job done? I think today, a lot of times people are more concerned about those two questions than they are about their own job or whether or not they're going to keep their own job. Um, uh, in, in different labor markets at different times, people might be concerned about the security of their own job. But I think today what what I hear more often when I hear about uh, turnover or, su or succession, I hear people asking the question, okay, what are we going to do once this person leaves? How are we going to get the key functions of their job done? So once again, I think involvement of people in the succession planning process is one way to alleviate those fears. If employees think that there's no plan for succession, uh, that the organization is just reacting to events as they occur, as they occur, and reacting to turnover as it occurs. I think there's going to be a lot of um, concern and uncertainty, and perhaps even fear about what that actually means to people personally. And of course, if you're fearful of your uh, ability to get your job done, you're probably going to start looking for other opportunities out there in what what is still today a pretty good marketplace for talent. And I love how you alluded to the fact of uh, uncertainty, uh, because I know like when anytime there's change and that's why, you know, people love predictability and people hate change as, as we as we all know, and that they're often resistant to change. So the idea there to help reduce that uncertainty, to make things more certain, to make sure things are more proactive versus reactive, as you alluded to, those are all positive things I could see, uh, especially for uh, employees, uh, but also, and I'm glad you brought this up in terms of like the non-family employees and the dynamics with the family business, because within the family business, there's this kind of, uh, there is sometimes a barrier or a wall between the levels of communication between the family and versus, and to the non-family employees and how important it is to be able to communicate those things across, uh, to different areas, especially in times of uncertainty. Whereas, for instance, someone may have the information from the family, but not share that with the members of the non, of the non-family employees and then creating potential confusion, chaos, and potentially people leaving on those lines. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, following this up, and I, you alluded this with the tight labor market because we know this is not, not always the case. Sometimes it's a very um, jobs seeking, I should say, or people seeking for jobs and employment seeking. So Absolutely. are there any lessons from the pandemic on the succession and also just kind of going forward that you see general broad trends? Yes, and I think as you as you just alluded to, the uh, more so than we expected at the time, um, the, the COVID situation and today's current light, uh, tight labor market are are related, probably in ways that we didn't fully expect when the pandemic started. But you know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of firms found that they very quickly needed to develop succession plans. And inadvertently, they learned the value of broad-based planning there. So, for instance, some organizations uh, actually reached out to their key employees and asked them to essentially name their successor. Uh, they essentially said, okay, if for whatever reason you leave, be it due to illness or um, uh, having to leave the job in one way or another, or perhaps even in the case of their own death, who would you recommend within the organization who's capable of taking your place, which is essentially, you know, naming your your own successor. Now you can see how that might be uncomfortable for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, uh, and it's the kind of thing that um, uh, you might see enacted in an emergency situation that you might be pretty careful about implementing in a non-emergency situation. But what it did was it it opened up the prospect for involving as many people as possible in the succession process. And so I think we see more firms today reaching out to its employees and asking them, what are the key competencies you have? What are the key abilities that you have that need to be replaced if if something happens for for one reason or another, be it planned or unplanned? Um, And what skills are actually currently available in the organization uh, to accomplish those things, to accomplish those tasks and goals that still need to be uh, accomplished. So in some ways, you're, you're, you might call it a, a skills inventory or a competency inventory, which I think all organizations can do in one way or another. Uh, a lot of firms do it today. Others could do it more. And Walter, real quickly, could you describe what a competency inventory is? Yes, Um this is where essentially you go throughout the year. Well, the first thing you have to do is identify what the key competencies uh, need, are needed in order for the organization to accomplish its strategy. So, for instance, uh, if your organization accomplishes a lot of its work in project teams, then competencies like team management and team leadership are going to be critical to the execution of the strategy. Well, this is a great opportunity to uh, survey survey the organization to inventory the organization in terms of those individuals who have those team leadership skills who are capable of stepping up and being leaders of project teams and finding out what your strengths are, but perhaps uh, even more importantly, what your deficiencies are. And in terms of succession, what are you going to do if those top project leaders leave the organization, either for, for planned reason or unplanned reasons? All right. Excellent. And just to kind of sum up what uh, Walter was telling us here, uh, HR strategy, make sure you got an HR strategy, got some kind of focus there, be proactive. That planning comes in there often. Make sure you think about the people, which individuals are critical, have the key competencies, 
uh, for that, as well as trying to make sure communication, think about a bottom-up approach versus straight top-down so you can get more involvement and engagement by your employees and your staff. So don't just think about succession only among the family. Think about it among all of your employees and what you need to be successful going forward. So once again, I would like to thank uh, Dr. Walter Davis, who's a professor of management and the William W. Gresham Jr. Entrepreneurial Professor at the University of Mississippi for taking time uh, with us today. And I'd like to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Legacy Leadership Family-Owned Podcast. Thank you and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this edition of Family-Owned, a Legacy Leadership Podcast, exploring family businesses who make up the backbone of the American economy. Join us next time to gain invaluable insight into your family business and how to make generational advancements for your family, industry, and community.